Are your next door neighbors members of the Illuminati? Is it possible for me to fight my own skeleton? Answers to these questions and more on this episode of This Paranormal Life! Hello! Heyo! And welcome back to This Paranormal Life. This is the weekly comedy podcast where two paranormal investigators at the peak of their game investigate a different case every Tuesday and get to the bottom of whether it's truly paranormal or not. You're joined by, as always, myself, Kate Greer Mulvena, and illustrious investigator Roy Powers, who's parked across from me. How are you doing today, Roy? The one and only. You know, I'm doing pretty good. It's an early start this morning. Excited to get in and get a podcast underway. I've spent the last 45 minutes, maybe, wrestling with the arm for my microphone and the pop shield that refuses to do what I tell it to. Sure. I feel like I am trying to fight against a mechanical octopus that is winning every round. Every round I'm being knocked back into the corner and you're having to massage my shoulders and let me spit my blood in a bucket and then I come back and wrestle against this it was only strange because then I told you to take five and a breather and I fixed it in I think 30 seconds. Yeah, you you got pretty close. Let me tell you, buddy, you got pretty close. Okay. It was it was basically it perfect. But then I realized that the, I wanted the pop shield just an inch further away from the microphone and the whole thing collapsed and ding, ding, round three began. And this little f- borderline is wrapped around my neck at this point <laughs> choking me out You're i'm trying to reach for the towel but this mechanical arm won't let me touch it this mechanical arm has biceps of literal steel this thing is driving me crazy uh but do you ever seemed- think that you're putting too much force into it that you need to maybe be a bit more gentle have a gentle touch yes no ding never- ding <laughs> ding ding it seems to be uh, behaving itself now and everything seems to be fine because i would hate for this to get in the way of a great investigation so just as long as you're you got your head in the game on this paranormal life we talk a lot about cryptids too much almost it's true but while we've seen almost every possible configuration over the last five years of land-based cryptid beast from the goat man to the donkey lady to the chupacabra, and sometimes back to the donkey lady, honestly. You gotta go back a few times for her. Yet what we've seen far fewer of are cryptids from the ocean. Unholy beasts unknown to science and God lurking potentially miles underneath the surface of the ocean. Hmm. And when your planet is about 98% water like Earth, don't quote me on that, you best believe that for every one species of Bigfoot living in the forests of Oregon, there are 5,000 species of aquatic Sasquatch potentially running cities, governments, <laughs> countries under the sea, much like in Star Wars Episode One in the underwater Gungan City. It's true. I mean, what have we investigated so far on the podcast? Mermaids, uh, Ninjen, I believe mm-hmm. the Japanese whale creatures... There have been some interesting investigations on this paranormal life that have taken place under Dasi. But because we are surface dwellers, land lovers, uh, because our scientists can just see what's on land much more easily, we tend to ignore it. But not today. And that's why today we're starting today's story in Sakhalin, Russia's biggest island and a remote piece of land on the far east coast of Russia, hotly contested between Russia and Japan. So there's a strong military presence in the area from both sides. Wow. 
This is an intense start to the episode. Quick break, quick side note. Uh -huh. Is my mic okay? Does it look like it's in the it right has, spot? It, it literally hasn't moved. It just looked like it moved an inch. I want to make sure you're still getting me on the headphones. Big. An inch is like three centimeters. I don't uh, think it okay. moved that much. And the pop shield, I just... Don't, oh, you don't <laughs> touch it because your hand is hovering. <laughs> I just want... It's you're, just you're like, like a, off You're like one of those cats where the paw is just shaking <laughs> as they're about to smack something off a table. It's, like, don't touch it, it. It just feels like it's off by it, like an inch. It I, ain't. And I'm just worried that if I touch it, Ding, ding. You should be worried. Round four is about worried. to kick off. So, okay. You're like the American president during the Cold War, just finger <laughs> hovering over the nuclear button. Just like, I, I swear they're going to go first. I swear, no, they're not. It's peacetime. <laughs> we all just signed a treaty. Mm, I don't know. I, I think we should strike first. Striking first <laughs> seems like a good idea. It's a misty morning, and soldiers stationed on the island are carrying out standard checks, scanning the coastline for signs of anything unusual. These kinds of border patrols are normally incredibly quiet, so they were extremely surprised to see something different stand out against the grey wash of the beach. It was a big object, a few metres in length. Mm. Something had washed up. But little did they know, they were not the first to spot it. Over on the beach, a couple of locals on a walk stood around this huge carcass that had washed up. It was like nothing they had ever seen before. Is it a whale? It has to be, right? But the two of them could hear the hesitancy in the other's voice. They knew damn well it didn't look like a whale. Mm. But before they could hypothesize any more, uniformed officers appeared out of nowhere. Stand back, civilians. Nothing to see here. Go about your day. It's just a tuna fish. What are you talking about? It's... I said it's a tuna fish. Hey, you! No photos! This is kind of scary already because I don't think, you know, we grew up living beside many beaches mm -hmm. on the coast of Northern Ireland, and I never saw any beach police <laughs> or beach officials. I guess lifeguard is the closest you get. Uh, to be fair, there is in the UK, we have the National Trust. They run our local beach, and, and they're like the security guards that work in shopping centers. They're like that, but for the beach. Right. Because I, I was there the other day, and I saw them busting a guy for using his jet ski in the wrong place. Uh, which is yeah. kind of funny. But yeah, no no one with this degree of authority. I like to think that these government officials are barking orders at everyone, but still ice cream in hand. <laughs> yeah. Kite in the other. Board shorts, <laughs> sure. Yeah. It looks like David f***ing Hasselhoff in his prime. This officer ran off to stop another passerby who he hadn't spotted until just now. But one of the original civilians had taken a photo just moments before, but they weren't about to volunteer that information kept their head down and walked on. Before they knew it, the military had descended on the carcass, loaded it onto a vehicle and covered it over before driving away. Whoa. Leaving no trace at the point on the beach where it washed up. It was never seen again and no explanation was ever given for why they were so interested in it and why they hit it so fast. It's gonna raise a lot of questions if government officials just airlifted a decaying tuna corpse off of a beach. <laughs> I like. I did, I did wrestle with this in my mind. I was like, I mean, okay, I, like there's maybe some reason to get rid of it that it's like, I don't know, gross. Or some sort of biohazard. Yeah. Right? But should it really be the military? Or should it be our trusty friend David Hasselhoff uh, who just drags it back into the sea? I don't know. Yeah. All that remains is the testimony of the passerby that saw it first and the photos they took. Rory? Check out these images of what washed up that day. Whoa! Oh my god! This thing is nuts! 
Okay, so it is, I can see why they would have thought it was a whale because it is enormous. It it's looks huge. like a dinosaur washed up on the beach. Uh, in one picture, they've kind of like propped its mouth open with a plank and you can see its teeth, its jaws. I mean, I don't know a lot about marine life, but this doesn't look like any kind of fish that I've seen before or even whale. You can understand why they would be confused because a lot of people have pointed out what looks like a ton of matted hair over its uh, head <laughs> yeah. and body. This is a Bloodborne character. It this thing really is messed is. up. Absolutely. It's some kind of undead hound of the ocean, but <laughs> whale-sized. Um, very disturbing and very hard to imagine what it is. As I said, I'm no expert. I'm no marine biologist. Sure. But I've seen Finding Nemo four or five times and this ain't a clownfish and it ain't a starfish and it ain't a shark and it ain't a turtle and it ain't a dentist <laughs> so that rules out everything i know about the ocean so we at least know they don't have these in australia in a pixar movie needless to say this story of the carcass at sakhalin is inconclusive but it's only one of hundreds of similar reports of mysterious and unidentifiable beasts washing up on shorelines around the world, many with the potential to be undiscovered cryptids. I mean, this is it. Usually the stories we cover on this podcast are the tales of cryptids roaming about that are being hunted every day. Mm -hmm. We rarely cover the ones that have croaked <laughs> and their lifeless corpses have just washed up on a beach or fallen out of a tree. I mean, it should come up more often. I think we've brought it up on the podcast before. Honestly, it's one of the biggest holes in the story of the Sasquatch. Yeah. If the Sasquatch is real, if they're a species that have been living for hundreds of thousands of years in the Pacific Northwest of America, we should have come across at least some remains. It's true. Yeah. I'm a firm believer. <laughs> I'm a firm believer that Bigfoot actually had a heart attack many years ago. <laughs> and he was replaced by a double? I think it was directly after the footage, the most popular footage was taken. What is the that? Patterson footage. The Patterson footage. He probably saw that camera and freaked, had a heart <laughs> attack, drop dead. I think, honestly, the, the most ardent and fervorous Bigfoot believers actually believe kind of a strange variety of things. Like, let's say, the Sasquatch are smart enough to cover their tracks, and if one of them dies, they remove the bodies. Uh, or that, I mean, there's all kinds of <laughs> That's like insane. invisible and teleporting Sasquatch that maybe when they die, they just evaporate. Go to another, the Sasquatch dimension. God knows. <laughs> but it's so true. I mean, Rory, you've talked about it before. You consider the fish and mammals that live at the bottom of the ocean God's mistakes. It's true. There are, in just in the world of regular animals, there is untold fortunes of new species down there we've never seen before. Why shouldn't there be? Uh, insane paranormal cryptids. Yeah. The darkest depths of the ocean is basically some sort of aquatic fetish club <laughs> where all of these weird little freak fish get together and just bang each other and I'm, make even I'm weirder not, not fish. I'm sure that's exactly what they're there to do. Because they know it's in the shadows of the, the darkness uh -huh. that at that level, no one's going to see what they're getting up to down there. So there's fish with with teeth for eyes and eyes for teeth. There's probably fish with a fucking crocodile's paw as a chin. And there's other fish that get off and calling their partner Zaddy. <laughs> some real freaks down there. There's some wild stuff that goes on in there. Down there is very much the Berlin kink club of the natural world. But back to our story, we flash forward a bit closer to home. It's 1953 
on Canvey Island in Essex. When locals stumbled across a strange and unique looking carcass half buried in the sand of the beach, they truly had no idea what they were looking at. It was about 1.2 meters long, aka four foot, with thick red brown skin, bulging eyes and gills. It had long hind legs with five toes like it walked on two legs. What? The locals pulled this thing out of the sand and water, covered it with seaweed and ran off to get help. Not sure why they covered it in seaweed. I think it was like trying to keep it alive or something by pu putting water on it or stop it from dehydrating or dying, I don't know. Yeah. But before long, the news went straight to the top. The British government, who sent out two zoologists to examine the bee. They took samples from its eyes, nostrils and teeth, after which they gave up and said the beast was unidentifiable and had it cremated the following day. <laughs> what? That's an option to say that it's unidentified? Doesn't that feel slightly suspicious that they were so quick to destroy the evidence of this creature? Doesn't it feel a bit similar to our first story? Even the involvement of the authorities uh, involved. <laughs> I mean, like, if you're a zoologist, it should kind of go against <laughs> Bad the, the practice of your profession. Yeah. That if you don't know what something is, that you burn it. <laughs> Surely you're like, your dedication to the animal kingdom and your thirst for knowledge and understanding the creatures of this world. Yeah. I don't think Charles Darwin did that. <laughs> yeah. Imagine if, like, the early explorers of the world were just like, what is that? A human? It's like, no, I think it's some kind of monkey. Do we know? I don't know. Burn it. Yeah. <laughs> what yeah. about that? Is that like a parrot? No, it's not a parrot. I think it's like an eagle or something. I don't know. Burn it. <laughs> Charles okay. Darwin is like, what a what a unique and beautiful butterfly. No one must know. Pulls out a <laughs> Zippo lighter. Charles, stop. Yeah. <laughs> don't burn everything. That he's, is so he's walking through the forests of the Galapagos just with a zippo eye. Doo, 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 doo. <laughs> yeah, that's very suspicious. It's also just unprofessional. I mean, if I go to my doctor about some kind of cold or flu that I've got, they're not allowed to just say, uh, incurable. Yeah. And send me out. You have to at least placate me. Give me some paracetamol. Something, yeah. Tell me you're going to help. Do something. I refuse to believe the test they did on this animal didn't prove anything that it wasn't linked to any creature known in existence? Well, that's because when they ran that test, it flashed up on their f***ing screen. It said, top secret, don't move. The MI5 are on their way to your location. You have found our top secret dinosaur project that got loose. <laughs> when they ran the DNA, the test results flashed up on the screen. Firewood. That's what this creature is. Burn it. <laughs> Rory, if you didn't think this whole thing was about to be blown wide open, wait till I show you the artist's interpretation of what this creature looked like. I cannot wait to see this. Side note, the mic, do you think it's slipping? Don't because it looks like it's Put your hands gotten... away. Don't, do not touch it. I just swear it's moving further from my face. I could swear you were swinging for it. <laughs> like you thought it was going to take a pot shot at well, you. Well, I'm flinching, of course, because this stupid thing won't stand still. Uh, it's been, it is completely still. It I'm has not, not even, moved I'm not even inch. joking. Let me, let me move the pop shield like a set, like a second, because this is just going to, this is going to drive me nuts. There we go. That was it. That was it, it was fine. It, oh my god, it's <laughs> unlistenable. Did oh, it creak? Oh. Maury, feast your eyes on this, the Canvey Island monster of Essex. Candy Island? <laughs> Is that what you said? Canvey. Oh. <laughs> oh my god. It might as well be on Candy Island, because I'm looking at bubblegum with legs. <laughs> this is some big league chew on stilts. 
<laughs> this thing, this thing, this thing looks like a little cock and balls. No, it with, doesn't. With, look, at, look at the little nuts. <laughs> All right, that's quite enough. Little, little, this thing is weird. Yeah. I guess now you mention it, it's not completely dissimilar from an erect penis. It's definitely the right color. <laughs> yeah. Um, and it's definitely ugly as all hell. It looks really scared, like it doesn't know what it is. Um, big, wide, fish-like eyes poking out of the side of its head. Um, a mouthful of very small teeth with big gaps in between. They and, look sharp. Uh, and gills. Importantly, gills and what looks like this thing's 75% gill, uh, bird like chicken legs, huge legs, as well. You know, like the ones you would see on a tyrannosaurus that kind of bend weirdly. Yes, yes, yes. Good point. D dinosaur Good point. legs. Um, this is really bizarre. I'm pretty sure one of these attacked me in Legend of Zelda Link to the Past in a water level. Mm -hmm. Like I say, Rory, it feels suspicious that the remains were cremated so quickly before anyone had a chance to investigate it further or figure out what was going on, much like what happened in Russia at the start of our episode. I will say not to take away from this creature compared mm. to the first one. I can imagine that this is something that does exist in the ocean. This looks like a sea cucumber with eyes. <laughs> Whereas the first one you showed me was right. an actual mythical beast that had washed up on the shore. This is a pickle with teeth. Uh, you're <laughs> underselling it. It is a anthropomorphized monster. Uh, it, I, it has sea-like qualities that we are aware of. Gills, sure, sure. eyes, googly eyes. But <laughs> but it, but it does look like again an enemy in a video game. It's uh, the legs. The legs really do it. Yeah. Like, why the f does it have legs to walk? <laughs> why in the would ocean? a sea creature have legs? These are the questions. Imagine being a diver, like going down to the bottom of the ocean to like examine the beautiful Great Barrier Reef. And you just see this little f***er hooning it on two legs. It's like, how are you even walking down here? Yeah, he's running the speed of Usain Bolt. He roundhouse kicks you in the head. <laughs> but it turns out this theme of suspicion and mystery surrounding these creatures is a recurring one. It's a theme that comes up in other cases of identified beasts washing up on shore. Now, maybe the most suspicious example of said cryptid was worryingly recent in 2008. Mm. On the 23rd of July on Ditch Plains Beach, 26-year-old Jenna Hewitt was walking along with three friends. Three witnesses more like. About to be. She said, quote, We were looking for a place to sit when we saw some people looking at something. They walked over and saw a hideous and strange creature face down in the sand. Face down. <laughs> like, already that's a problem. It has a face. Like no one ever says a fish is face down because a fish. <laughs> yeah, face down makes it sound like it's going to get up like a zombie in a second. <laughs> For a fish to be face down, it would have to be stuck in the ground like a stick. That's so true. Pointing upwards. <laughs> <laughs> I never thought about that. <laughs> well, you're about to see, brother, <laughs> okay. how this thing could be okay. phased on. <laughs> she went on to say, We didn't know what it was. We joked that maybe... <laughs> we joked... 
I'm sorry, I got something up face down. It's just That's such a funny way to describe anything that comes out of the ocean. We're just we're just imagining Sasquatch washed up <laughs> basically face down the sand. Anything like I saw a dolphin face down in the sand. I was I like, what do you mean? I think it's I think they don't it's, have necks. Their their face can't go down. I think the only it's like in a cartoon with like, I don't know. A cartoon character of SpongeBob washed up on a beach. He would be face down, completely <laughs> yeah, unconscious. Because anything. Oh man, I, I found an octopus face down <laughs> in the ocean. What? What are you talking about? He's fucking goo. How can he be a face down? Yeah, face down pretty much just means unconscious. Like even if you're talking about humans, is like imagine being so out of it, your face is just mushed into the ground. <laughs> yeah. Sorry. She went on to say, we didn't know what it was. We joked that maybe, just maybe, it was something from Plum Island. Yeah. You happy with that one? I can go, I can go more. No, we're fine. We thought maybe. No, I said just we're dumb. Maybe. There's no, she didn't, that's not. That like, this f***ed up thing like, could have come from an island that we all know. This is real person, so we, we don't want to misrepresent them. The name of an island that strikes fear into the I'm heart I'm going to be honest with you. Plum Island doesn't come up that much <laughs> going forward. Oh, so it's not like the next thing that like I thought this episode was on Plum Island, so I thought that was going to be the whole thing was that I would introduce. Rory, it in if there. this beast looks familiar, the piece I'm about to show you, that's because it should be what we're talking about. Because <laughs> you eat one every day. It was a plum. <laughs> <laughs> it was a plum face down in the sand. Plum Island, famous for its millions of plum trees. In my head, it's yeah like an Animal Crossing island. It's not. It's in like. It's, I think it's part of, it's like near Long Island. Okay. Okay. Are you done? Yes. I am totally, I apologize. That was me getting a little carried away because I thought the, I thought Plum Island was going to be a bigger part of the story. I feel story. like seeing as we let you change your mic stand setup, you're like happy now or something. On that though, is it okay? Because it feels like the pop shield is slipping slightly, genuinely every five minutes. I think you have some kind of like, psychological issue some damage of some description where you can't like perceive that a still object is just still like it did you drink too much caffeine or something i'm drinking too much caffeine as we speak i have my cold i haven't even it's finished empty. this cold brew yet no there's still a little drop in there's here. a dribble at the end mm, that's the good stuff anyway the so mic stand clearly the mic stand is is vibrating in your vision don't touch the mic genuinely in the middle of a podcast genuinely pissing me you off you know sorry. that's unusable okay all good all good we're back on track for now we're not for now. We're off track. <laughs> Till round eight. Rory, if this beast looks familiar, that's because it should be what we're talking about is the infamous Montauk monster. <gasps> hey, we covered that on an old episode. Whoa, ladies and gentlemen, this is a sea cow. Well, no, it's not, because I think that is a real thing. <laughs> is it? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. They're they're like a mammal. Oh, okay. Never, never mind. Ladies and gentlemen, this is not a sea cow at all. Because <laughs> that would end the episode early, bud. This is some sort of sea koala bear. <laughs> it's... It is, face on. Yeah. it is faced on. It is faced on. To be fair, I completely understand now why <laughs> they said this thing was faced down. I mean... If it came out of the ocean, it doesn't look like that was supposed to be where it was. <laughs> right. This looks a like a land. Lover. This is a land creature. Yeah. Oh, this thing is really weird. It's quite upsetting to look at. I don't like it. I believe it may have been. I'm going the... back to the cucumber. <laughs> to the, the dick on legs. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm going back to too. that. I believe it may have been our episode about the true story behind Stranger Things when we discussed this creature. 
When it turned up, it caused a lot of speculation about whether it was a cryptid or some kind of strange government experiment. Mm. That's because Montauk has long been known in paranormal circles to be the home of the Montauk Project, a supposed secretive research program where the government worked on developing technologies including time travel, teleportation, Whoa! mind control, faking the moon landings, <laughs> and whatever the hell caused the Philadelphia experiment, which, as we talked about recently, that was when a ship teleported and all the soldiers aboard fused with the ship. Yeah, if this is your first episode of This Paranormal Life, I apologize. We are really hitting the ground running here, but these are all things we have covered on previous episodes that don't even phase us anymore. Montauk is... I was more phased by the fact that sea cows exist, <laughs> let alone the teleportation and time travel. I just have to know that you don't think they're Jersey cows that produce milk under the ocean. I don't know. I haven't seen a picture. They're not. Just take it from <laughs> okay. me now. It's, it's not that exciting. Their milk, though, is the milk more delicious? It's seawater. It's salty because it's underneath the ocean. Yeah, Montauk is a borderline Disneyland theme park of shady paranormal programs. It turns out on nearby Plum Island, there's an animal disease center where, on paper, they try and protect, you know, agriculture, farm animals from diseases. Sure. But it was, and this isn't paranormal crystallinks.org speculation. This is documented fact. On Plum Island, they did run a secret bioweapons program right up until 1969 when Nixon shut it down. Oh my god! Leading some to believe that the Montauk monster could be some kind of mutant that leaked from the lab. Yeah, who's to say on Plum Island in the 1960s they weren't splicing human genes with sea cows, creating this bizarre creature that was so sentient it managed to escape in some form and wash up dead on a beach. I mean, let me ask you, the audience, what is more likely, that Nixon shut it down because he had to bow to political pressure from the Democrats, an unpopular war in Vietnam, and a defense budget that was spiraling out of control, or because Plum Island created a fucking Mewtwo in a jar and it was gonna take down the government from the inside? Yeah, I don't know a ton about Nixon, but I do know that he was a sneaky little guy. <laughs> to say the least. To say the least. I think that's putting it politely. So um, I think there is definitely room for some, some genuine conspiracies here. So I don't know if the government can be mad that they have a reputation for conducting paranormal and illegal experiments on Long Island when they were literally trying to create the T-virus for about 40 years straight. Yeah. <laughs> Imagine walking down the beach and finding Mewtwo face down, <laughs> unconscious I'm, on the I'm sand. I'm keeping walking. I'm keeping walking. <laughs> I gotta. I'm gonna keep my AirPods in. Pretend I let some other person of a bitch wake up Mewtwo and feel his wrath. I just keep walking. I see an army patrol walking my way. I just don't even lift my head. Just go. He's that way. Yeah. It's a tuna fish. Get out of here. It's a magic carp. It's a magic carp. Leave him alone. <laughs> When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. 
If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. But the trippy thing is, just because we have photos and testimony of these quite recent cases, that doesn't mean they were the first recorded incidences of sea monsters washing up on shore. Far from it. We can wind the clock all the way back to 1546, to be exact, when in the seas between Denmark and Sweden, a type of fish was caught that struck fear and confusion into the hearts of sailors. Whoa. Who, as we all know from watching The Deadliest Catch, are the hardest bastards around. Yeah. This sea beast looked so disturbingly human, specifically so much like a monk, that it was named the Sea Monk, not to be confused with monkfish or sea monkeys. Medieval natural history books from this period thankfully have illustrations of these creatures, and some even describe them as mermen. Over time, a bunch of these were hauled up from the depths and formally identified. So I actually have here, because we didn't have photographs, I have a diagram from a book from 1850 comparing wow. these legendary sea monks to other types of fish. So, Rory, I thought it might be fun to see if you can look at these comparisons and see if you can tell which ones are the potentially paranormal sea monks and which are regular fish. I mean, there you go, folks. This is just giving you an indication, or giving all of us an indication of how thin the line is between genuine paranormal cryptid and a creature that does actually exist and live in the ocean. Because... Well, I mean, where do you draw it? If, if this weird little freak does exist, and you're like, yeah, that's a real animal. It's like, all right, well, what's a cryptid then? Yeah. Because <laughs> that thing is f***ed up. It looks like a monster. Surely that should just be a cryptid. And Rory, I think you're about to see that it takes a real paranormal investigator to be able to tell the difference. Okay, let's see if I can do it. Okay, so Kit has sent me a page of different illustrations of creatures labeled all the way from A to I. So I'm going to I'm going to rattle through them now and guess which ones are cryptids and which ones are real creatures, which is you can do because I have the answer. Yes. Okay. Uh A that is a cryptid <laughs> because that has a human's face. <laughs> And I think it's wearing a skirt and a, and a t-shirt. It's wearing armor of some description, yes. Yeah. Uh, B is a squid. That is just a <laughs> is squid. Is it? Oh, or like... No, it is. If you look hard, could it be... Okay, <laughs> never mind. Uh, C is a cryptid because it is the same figure <laughs> from A, wearing the same skirt it's a man. and t-shirt. Yeah, it's a, a man, man underneath the ocean. That's uh, right. D is a fish. <laughs> well, it... <laughs> slow down, bud. Are you, like, looking at these hard enough? Because... Uh, like, sure, it has a lot of the same qualities as a fish, but, like... <laughs> uh, e is, once again, the same man. Uh, it's not the same man. They're borderline it, it is a man. identical. Sure. <laughs> I mean, the fact that I'm having to say that any of them are men means that they're not sea beasts. <laughs> and when we say they're men, they don't have legs or arms, but they are men. <laughs> I can race through the others here, folks. F, <laughs> well, fish, don't give G, it all, man, what? H, squid, I, man. Well, <laughs> so, sorry, I'm gonna, I, man with bird wings. I'm gonna, all right, well, thank you for that, wise guy. <laughs> I will have to 
check my key here to see which ones you got right and which ones you got wrong because you might have you know you might have got them all wrong okay so i know you got them all right um yeah <laughs> i guessed as much gee that guy's name is brian there's no way that guy's <laughs> name isn't brian like i'm pretty sure that guy works in my local pub yeah the closest link i can see between these uh fish creatures and the human creatures is that their silhouette is very similar. You know, when you look at the body in the shape of a squid and yeah. then the its legs or tentacles or whatever comes out the back, it does look very similar to the illustrations of these quote-unquote men or sea creatures who do have this kind of like skirt that goes out and like tentacle legs. But aside from that, the links aren't as close as I thought they were going to be. Yeah, I see what you're saying. I mean, the fact that they have like fins, they're trying to suggest that those look a bit like arms and such, but... yeah. I will say I was surprised at just how clear cut this is. I don't think there's any doubt in this author's mind that these are mermen. Yeah. Which is kind of crazy. But the, all of this illustrates the key to this case. In every example of an alleged cryptid washing up, we are faced with the question, is this truly a unique and never before seen sea beast? Or is it just an animal that might even also be new but isn't actually paranormal, but just looks messed up. Where do we draw the line? I mean, this is this is the constant debate that we have to have as paranormal investigators. We've talked about some of the most interesting cases, but these alleged cryptids washing up, they've happened all around the world for years and years. There are far too many to talk about. For one, there's Trunko the Globster. Okay. In 1924 in South Africa. He was said to be a cross between a fish and a polar bear, and he was seen fighting killer whales in the ocean before it washed up. And to this day, no one knows what it was. Oh my god, Tronco, you beast. There's New Zealand's giant sponge, the beast of Tenby, the rock nest monster. <laughs> the Zuyo Maru carcass, which is terrifying, by the way. This thing will make you believe in Godzilla. Uh, and the list truly goes on to the point where... I didn't know this. The actual name for this class of unidentifiable things that wash up is globsters. Globsters? You can go on the Wikipedia entry for globsters and pretty much read about all of these under the list notable globsters. <laughs> That's a great name for I this. A globster is just what I call myself after, you know, a day of a hangover uh, on the sofa uh, eating Doritos and playing video games. Yeah, a true globster. So we've got a difficult conclusion today. Sure, there's tons of physical evidence these things wash up all the time or identified by scientists and such. Yeah. And many of them are unidentifiable. But does that really mean they're all cryptids? Hmm. Hmm. A lot of good questions today. I mean, it's interesting that some of these stories involve government officials arriving at the beach to kind of take over the scene. Because even if what did end up being washed up on the shore turned out to be a weird fish... Why are you guys showing up? It sounds like you're worried something else was going to wash up on the shore and you needed to be there when it did. Right. Even if it turns out to be a tuna fish, that seems like you know Godzilla is out there. Yeah. And it could have been his big toe. Yeah. So you have to make sure you're, that you're there. I mean, I don't know if there's any of our own personal experiences that we can draw on. As I said, we spent a lifetime growing up around many beaches. Um, did you ever find any? Did you ever find a globster? I don't think I've personally found a globster. I found just regular kind of normal things that might wash up. But there was a very famous globster in our hometown of Port Stewart in Northern Ireland. Um, 
I don't know if you've ever seen the pictures. It happened in like, I don't know, the 80s or 90s or something where a, a spoiler alert, a whale washed up right uh, on Port Stewart Strand. Uh, it was f***ing giant. I don't remember this. And well, I wasn't alive, but I don't even remember hearing about this. And it was the talk of the town and people went crazy and it like people from miles around went to go see it. Um, I think they kind of went to go jump on it like a bouncy castle too. Yeah. Uh, and then I don't remember what happened, whether it was ever removed, dragged out to sea, or if it just exploded as whales are one to do. Uh, but it really <laughs> happens that often that even in our hometown beach, there's been a, there's been a big case of this. I mean, if lobsters are real, that really is a dangerous thing because I'll always remember hearing about this story as a kid of, do you remember this? There was a whale. It must have been America, I'm sure. I don't think it was the UK where a whale washed up on a beach and this thing was enormous and it was basically rotting away and it was too big for them to lift out mm -hmm. in one piece. So they were like, hey, we're going to blow it up. We're going to fill the whale with dynamite and we're going to detonate it on the beach. Hopefully break it up to little pieces. We can take those away and the rest will go back to the ocean. And presumably whatever guy came up with that plan didn't run it by anyone. He just did it. He just started, yeah. They're like, wait, what are we doing? And he's already ramming he's, TNT he's, down the blowhole. He's running the wire, <laughs> Looney Tunes style. Uh, and, and they did. And it was on the local news. They were like, all right, welcome to the f***ing whale bomb <laughs> of the day. Don't broadcast that. And they detonated this whale and immediately enormous chunks of whale flesh start raining down on everyone who was there. I think cars were destroyed by chunks of flesh, like coming out of the sky and crushing them. It was like in the Flintstones credits when the dinosaur <laughs> T-bone steak destroys Fred Flintstone's car. It was so weird. I don't know why they thought it was going to go any differently. So, oh my God, imagine a giant globster arrived and MIBs have to show up and, and detonate that. You're going to have fangs and teeth and maybe 16 eyes go flying through the sky, crushing people in cars. So maybe that's one of the reasons why they get removed. Exactly. Because it's a really funny thing. And I think you can find the video. Should we put in the video of the news clip of the whale explosion? It had to be said, the Oregon State Highway Division not only had a whale of a problem on its hands, it had a stinking whale of a problem. What to do with one 45-foot, 8-ton whale dead on arrival on the beach near Florence? It had been so long since a whale had washed up in Lane County, nobody could remember how to get rid of one. In selecting its battle plan, the Highway Division decided the carcass couldn't be buried because it might soon be uncovered. It couldn't be cut up and then buried because nobody wanted to cut it up and it couldn't be burned. So dynamite it was some <laughs> He's the guy who came up with the plan. He's trying to justify it live on air. We couldn't cut it up because no one wanted to do it. But people did want to blow it up. So we did that. The explosion would be taken care of by seagulls and other scavengers. Indeed, the seagulls had been standing nearby all day. Let them scavenge where it is. George the highway engineer in charge of the project for his final observation. Well, I'm confident it work. The only thing is, we're not sure just exactly how much uh, explosives it'll take to disintegrate this thing. So the scavengers, seagulls, and crabs. This is the best day of his life. <laughs> He's so waited his whole life to detonate a whale. Uh, if there's any large chunks left, and uh, we may have to do some other cleanup, possibly set another charge. <laughs> what? Dynamite was buried primarily on the leeward side of the big mammal, so as most of the remains would be blown toward the sea. A 
About 75 bystanders, most of them residents who had first found the whale to be an object of curiosity before they tired of its smell. <laughs> There's like three old people with a camera. It was not that many people. Blubber newsmen shortly to become land blubber newsmen with a blast blasted blubber beyond all believable. This guy's voice is incredible. There's a countdown now to the oh whale detonation. This is not okay. Oh Holy my god! Shit! That was a nuclear bomb. It was a mushroom cloud. <laughs> oh my god! It's raining chunks. That is terrifying. Oh my god. Our camera stopped rolling immediately after the blast. The humor of the entire situation suddenly gave way to a run for survival. As <laughs> Pieces of meat passed high over our heads while others were falling at our feet. The dunes were rapidly evacuated as spectators escaped both the falling debris and the overwhelming smell. A parked car over a quarter of a mile from the blast site was the target of one large chunk. Look at that! That oh car is destroyed! That Cadillac is totaled. The car. However, everyone on the scene was covered with small particles of dead whale. <laughs> As for the success of the effort, well, the seagulls who were supposed to clean things up were nowhere in sight. That didn't really matter. The remaining chunks were of such a size that no respectable seagull would attempt to tackle anyway. <laughs> it couldn't have gone worse. Remains, including a large piece of the carcass which never left the blast site. It's still, it's the same size. If ever wash ashore in Lane County again, those in charge will not only remember what to do, they'll certainly remember what not to do. Oh my God. That is so funny. That couldn't have gone worse. That is just as funny as I remember. Well, that doesn't exactly back up our case for um, the government wanting to swoop in at every possible opportunity to tidy these things away. The government didn't seem to give a f about that one yeah maybe the government had to start coming in quickly because they thought people are going to keep blowing this shit up um rory i will come clean to a certain degree that you know in our stories today i may have dramatized them slightly more than than, than truth would really tell you know we, we do that often here on this paranormal life but we do as long as we come clean at the end i think it's okay uh you know in that russian japanese contested island uh, where we started our journey today you know, I might have ramped up just how angry the military were about trying to get people away from that and everything. All right. I, I, I'll be honest. I've even seen conflicting reports where in some of them, the army took it away and it was never seen. In others, uh, it was dragged out to sea to be washed away. The army didn't even show up. I, I think the army did show up. I think they did. Okay. But is that just because this <laughs> island is 90% soldiers? <laughs> sure, yeah, everyone is in the army. Yeah. And, and they have such an itchy trigger finger about the, the other country attacking them that they investigate everything. Oh, I see. It's hard see. to say. And eagle-eyed viewers of This Paranormal Life will remember that I think we ended our investigation into what was going on in Montauk on the Montauk monster by saying scientists pretty much unanimously agreed it was a raccoon. That was a raccoon? Yeah. That does not look like a raccoon. The problem is, I mean, and this is illustrative. But it had a chicken beak. This is illustrative of all of the globsters where the <laughs> sea does strange things to bodies, uh, animal carcasses. It disintegrates them in ways that we don't expect. Christ, there was another story I didn't even bring up where people were convinced there was an alien because this motherfucker looked like E.T. washed up on a beach. And then as soon as someone tells you that it's a sloth, you're like, oh, I can't unsee it now. It's a sloth. I see, I see. 
Okay, that does make a lot of sense. I'm glad that we're kind of reaching this conclusion. We're not saying that it's the answer to all of the Globsters. Yeah. Because there are many out there that, um, I mean, uh, what would you say? Trunko the... Trunko the Globster. Trunko the Globster. fought the fucking killer whales. Yeah, if you're fist fighting killer whales, you're probably not a sloth <laughs> lost at sea. You've probably got something else going on. Hey, you guys have been listening to this paranormal life long enough to know that scientists will have an explanation for just about everything. And there's a lot of species out there, so... Pretty much any globster can be said to be something else, even a sea cow. So, Rory, I'm kind of taking us down a, a one-way street here, but in the yeah. case of, let's say, most globsters that wash up, do you think these are truly paranormal cryptids or not? Look, I think in this case, I have to go on not only the stories that have been presented to me today, but my own experiences of spending 16 years by the beach uh, and I found many things washed up. I found many things that were weird and unexplained. <laughs> One time I bailed off a five-foot wave and washed <laughs> up, passed out, and they thought I was a goddamn globster. <laughs> but honestly, the weirdest thing I ever found was maybe a, a strange-looking jellyfish. So I think you're right. I think, you know, the ocean is a bizarre place that can chuck up a bunch of weird stuff onto the shores. And even though we did have some truly unique globsters in today's episode um there were no real standouts that were a complete mystery and that's why today i'm gonna go on record to say a no to globsters being paranormal that does not preclude us from covering other globsters in future that yeah. are absolutely fascinatingly paranormal just most of them it's true it's a no for me as well uh hopefully there will be more globsters in the future of this paranormal life and we really need to look into that sea cow, because I, <laughs> I don't know don't. a lot about that, but that sounds paranormal to me. They're, I think they're in zoos. You, you could probably go see one. Sea cows? London. I don't know, man. They're, uh, they've been around. All right. I'll look into that. Thank you so much to Amy Grisdale for researching this episode. Thank you also to Louis Blatherwick for editing this episode. Guys, I hope you've enjoyed this investigation into all things Globsters, the Montauk Monster, and somewhat Trunko the Globster. <laughs> it's a fascinating case and really enjoyed looking into it. What animals do you think we should detonate with dynamite? Email your suggestions into thisparanormallifepodcast at gmail.com. And if you just can't get enough cryptid stories, guys, and you've exhausted the main episodes, or maybe just looking for something a little bit different and spicier, head on over to patreon.com forward slash thisparanormallife where we got 50 plus full-length bonus episodes, plus the f***ing underwater chaos that is the new weekly show, The After Party. Oh, yeah. Uh, ooh. You listen to This Paranormal Life every Tuesday, uh, where you get all this kind of paranormal investigation. But did you know, every Friday, we kick back and record a Patreon-exclusive episode with behind-the-scenes Q&As and just shooting the goddamn shit? It's the globsters of This Paranormal Life. It's the weird mutant freak episodes. <laughs> no that... one can quite work out what it is. <laughs> and they're typically supposed to be hidden in the darkness and the shadows of the ocean where no one can listen to them. But sometimes... We release them every Friday. <laughs> Sometimes. <laughs> Sometimes every Friday they go live. And instead of being born of a cocktail of secretive government chemicals, they're born of a cocktail of monster energy drink and whiskey. Yeah, which is kind of a cocktail. <laughs> 
How do I get access to these insane Globster episodes? Check out the description of this podcast or any This Paranormal Life podcast where you can get the link to patreon.com forward slash This Paranormal Life or head over to our socials. The links are all there. You click over there, you pay. I think it starts at $5 and you can become a member and supporter of This Paranormal Life and get a boatload of rewards in return. Tell me about some of those rewards. Tell them about the I feel tears. like I've... Like we haven't done enough yet. We haven't. I feel like we have. Like we no, no, no. The episode. I don't want to like make people tired of hearing tell about them, it or whatever. Tell them about. You're telling them about it right now. Tell them about the shoutouts. Are you they mad can with get. them? Why don't you tell them? Tell Why them about you the coin. To tell them because you're hosting the episode. I'm trying to tee you up. Oh man. yeah, there's a, a coin. Yeah, yeah. Talk about the coin. Talk about. We the coin. have released a super special limited edition collector's coin. That's right. If you sign up to the Knight of the Commune tier over on Patreon, you get sent a. F- John Wick legitimately gold and silver plated commemorative coin celebrating many years of this paranormal life and you can show off your nightship in our community we're also doing a monthly giveaway where every month we give away an item a piece of this paranormal life history that may be in May it was the Ouija board that we use in the Ouija board episode Uh, this month we are giving away the cursed doll that we use in the cursed voodoo doll episode oh my god and guys this is the actual doll that we used on the episode that we bought from ebay that we stuck pins into and tried to curse each other the same doll that's been in my apartment for the last several months and it could be in your apartment if you play your cards right and I would be remiss if I didn't mention that on the top two tiers on our Patreon, you can get shoutouts, your very own custom shoutout at the end of an episode of This Paranormal Life. And if you're curious, perk up those ears because you're about to hear some right now. Let's go! So a very special thank you to Alessandro Cacciani. Alessandro Cacciani fish. Whoa! Anything you could think of. Name any fish. Uh, sea cow. Not real. Couldn't do that. You told me N- they were real. Name another one. Sea cucumber. Pfft, doesn't sound real. How could you get something that doesn't roll? Oh, all right, a f***ing salmon. Why are you just <laughs> making up words, dude? Alessandra couldn't get any of these. Okay, what about Trunko the Globster? Oh, yeah, she she actually <laughs> caught that one in 1924 in South Africa. It's well true. done. Thank you also to Christian Banks. Christian makes banks. That's why he's able to be here right now supporting us on Patreon. Whatever this dude just touches turns to gold. Except if he ever touches gold... That turns to shit. <laughs> so that's the irony. You find out the hard way. Yeah. Working in the bank, you touch a little bit of gold, so that was problematic. It's a bit of a weird monkey paw curse. Thank you also to Ulysses Marin. Sheesh! A Greek legend is uh, amongst our ranks here in the commune. Ulysses. Wow, an honor to have you on board. Next Odyssey you go on, I would love to uh, have you on the podcast to talk all about it. Only as long as you come across some cryptids or at least slay a couple gorgons or beasts. Yeah, we're going to need to have them on board as well. And bring you fishies, because we're going to need some globsters on the pod too. Thank you also to Greg Gibbons. Greg Gibbons, of course famous for the time that he tried to detonate a sea beast that had washed up on the shore. When everyone got down there, it was more of a shrimp than a sea beast, and we kind of think that maybe he maybe he just wanted to blow something up. It was like, we can move the shrimp very easily. You are fighting off seagulls to protect the shrimp so you can blow it up. Just just move the shrimp. Uh, but he detonated it with a firecracker. And yeah, it did destroy a car because it actually picked up some velocity on the way back down. Yeah, because it started a goddamn uh, fire in the dunes that <laughs> destroyed every car in the area. Thank you to Lord Grippington. 
Lord Grippington, of course, famous for his slippy, slippy, buttery grasp. You know, it's kind of a sick name that his parents right, gave him. It was like, rhymed. he can't hold on to anything. He's like, a, his hands are like a friggin' slip and slide. You try and say hello to him and it's whoop, you borderline <laughs> slap him in the face. Because <laughs> he's, he's such a slippery little son of a bitch. Get yourself some gloves, bro. Thank you to Thomas Asbeck. Thomas Tommy Gun Asbeck once tried to detonate a shrimp with a Tommy gun. That's not really detonating. That's just killing a shrimp with machine gun fire. Well, he did some bad stuff against the mob, so he had to go down. And he did some worse stuff against the glob. It's pretty good. Thank you. Thank you also to James McGrath. Feel the wrath of James McGrath. This is someone you don't want to cross. If you bring him a latte that's just a little too warm or a little too cold, you're going to feel the wrath. But it's still warm. I mean, it's not even hot. It's a little little too much for him. And and he's very easily agitated and the wrath will be unleashed, which is just when he takes off one of his leather gloves and slaps you gently with it. (laughs) But it still stings a little. Not too much. It's a really expensive glove. So it's like cashmere. It's quite nice, actually, feeling the glove kind of graze your cheek. Thank you also to Elizabeth Mentor. Elizabeth, will you mentor me? We need it. I'm in a bad place in my life. I'm face down on the beach, I'm washed <laughs> up. I'm out of shape. And some people want to light a stick of dynamite under my ass. So anything you could do to just get us back in the ocean, that would be much appreciated. Thank you to Amy Harper. Amy Harper, the medieval LARPer. Nothing Amy likes to do at the weekend more than put on a stiflingly hot 120 pound suit of medieval armor and LARP about a field. Yeah, she looks like one of the globster mermen (laughs) wearing (laughs) full suits of armor waddling around in the hot sun. Hey, mad respect to you. Get your kicks any way you can. We love LARPers. Thank you to Rachel Mays. Simon says, Rachel Mays. She mays do as she pleases. What? She doesn't wait for nobody to tell him what to do. She may. She mays. She may. She mays. She mays. That's not a sentence. <laughs> is she in a maze? Is she lost in a maze? Is she? Could be. <laughs> what I'm saying is, she chooses her own destiny, and I, I gotta respect it. I gotta respect that. I don't have to respect you. <laughs> Thank you to Michael Cunningham. Oh, I remember Michael, this son of a bitch. The famous butcher who's always cutting ham. That's right. Thin slices, thick slices, whatever you want. So why is he a son of a bitch? <laughs> or whatever you said that was offensive? It said it in an endearing way. Uh, you old son of a bitch. Oh, Christ. Give me some ham. I hope you know him. <laughs> Thank you to Amy Hayward. Amy, that son of a gun. I've been going to this butcher for a lot of butchers. Uh, Another in, in butcher? Shout outs this, this time. She's a vegan butcher, as you know. I don't know. Even, so she, she a real she's thing? always cutting cutting my f***ing seitan slices too thin. You're not welcome in the... Un, unlike your butcher compatriot, you're not welcome here in the commune until you start cutting me some fat slices. Okay. Well, we'll just ask politely. I don't think we have to be rude about it. I'm sorry. You're the ones throwing around insults at butchers. I, that's terms of endearment. Thank you to Reby Ferguson. Reby, could I get a freebie? I'm starving on account of the thin slices of ham that I have to survive <laughs> off of. 
Uh, Another butcher? I could do it, yeah. I could do it with some scraps. You know the scraps in the Disney movies that they throw to the dogs from the butchers at the back door and the yeah, son yeah. of the hound or whatever the f*** the movie was, <laughs> Lady and the Tramp? I need some of that. I'm a dog. We just need a little plate of spaghetti that Kit and I can can eat together like and eat in the going. middle and have a little smooch. Thank you to Jamie Bremer. <laughs> Jamie, can you save me a slice? I'm starving over There's here. There's no way. I swear to God. Oh There's no way that God. he's even involved in any kind of food produce. It doesn't have to be. He's just like coming off a little bit of like whatever you're having. So like, you're what just is asking that? him cereal? for his own cereal? dinner. Can I get a spoon? A spoon of his cereal? That's how starving I am. Jamie, keep your food away from this no. man. Oh. Thank you to Timothy Dagita. Timothy Dagita shreds on Dagitar. <laughs> I should have known with a name that cool. You gotta play the guitar. That being said, uh, just complimenting you in order to get a slice of your ham, Timothy. Yeah. Please. <laughs> I'm starving over here. Does he sh also shred on the pork? Because <laughs> I'd love some shredded beef. Thank you lastly today, but not leastly, to Lydia Steyer. Lydia Steyer, you constantly inspire me to, to be retire. Oh, that's right. Lydia actually <laughs> retired the at, the, at the old age of 14 years old. What? Yeah, just did uh, did a few years of school and thought, I'm done. Remember Mauve? No. She invented Mauve. What's Mauve? It's a color. Oh, right. Well, good for her. And just retired off of that? Mm -hmm. So, hey, hopefully at some point Kit and I can invent a color or something and, and retire soon, just like you did. Thank you so much, Lydia, and to everyone else we've shouted out today. Um, and to everyone else we're going to shout out in the coming weeks and months. Thank you so much for tuning into this episode of This Paranormal Life. Thanks, Globsters. Not a nice thing to call our listeners. Uh, the Globsters, the goddamn Globsters, which is what they are. We'll be back on Tuesday with a brand new paranormal tale. But to our friends uh, on certain tiers and above on Patreon, we'll be back on Friday with the after party. But for all you other Globsters, you regular Globsters, we'll see you back here <laughs> on Tuesday. We're going to be washed up face down in the sand. Bye-bye. <laughs>